welcome to the Thought Echoes podcast, where we have an opportunity to listen in as people reflect on their relationship with their thoughts and their creative work and how it's changed since their brain injury. My name is Beth Bonnes, host of the Thought Echoes podcast. Thanks for joining. I hope you enjoyed this month's interview. I'm Eileen Haas. Glad to meet you all. I had a stroke a hemorrhagic stroke or a brain bleed, I think uh, doctors call it, um, in 2013. So um, it was very serious. Apparently, you know, I was unconscious, so I didn't know most of this. Apparently, I came very close to dying, but I didn't hear I am. Good. We're glad. We're glad. <laughs> so um, much. Can you share a little bit about um, your relationship with your thoughts to the extent that you can um, isolate that from all the physical that you were going through? Just what was your relationship with your thoughts before your injury and how they how you see that those have changed? Well, before my injury, I think... Uh, the relationship was excellent. I had no problem putting my my thoughts into language. And now I have a not a lot of trouble, but I have trouble. The first year after my stroke, I barely remember it. I slept a lot. I I could think, but it made me really tired to think, so uh, I tried not to. And I found myself watching inane TV programs with my caretaker, and they were fine because, truthfully, that was all I could do then. I I could not hold a thought long enough to do something more serious. So gradually, my thoughts became something I could pay attention to, and um, I developed a good relationship with them again. But even now, my brain works a lot faster than my tongue does. So getting things out as fast as I think them are difficult is difficult for me. It's really difficult. Yeah, I've, I've, mine didn't last as long, but that having those thoughts in your head that you're trying to communicate, you know, and the frustration with not being, when it wasn't close. A lot of times people close to my husband could translate, you know, he knew what yeah. I would, he'd finish my sentences yeah. or whatever, which was great. But then after a while, it was like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be able to do that, yeah. you know, myself. Um, so I, I empathize with that. Um, what creative outlets are you working on now? And how did the thought process kind of, you know, again, before the stroke and your creativity, how is that kind of, what's that journey been like? Amazingly, I'm just as creative as I always was. That came back with a bang and came back fast. 
And I'm so grateful for that. Wow, I, I don't know what I would do without it. But I am lucky in that I'm a writer. So I, even though talking is difficult, uh, I can write, you know, it's simply down at a computer and I'm fine, I'm at home. Uh, that part is great. I can only type with the one hand because my website doesn't work so well. And uh, I'm a righty, so uh, I spent a lot of time learning to do things with my left hand. And typing, uh, teaching my left hand to cover a whole keyboard was interesting. <laughs> uh, really, it was a process. Um, but I found that creativity mind was not affected. Maybe other people find this affected, but I didn't. I found, and truly, I believe that being creative is part of a recovery scheme. If you're not creative, you cannot really recover. You can, because you have to think of new ways to do things that you used to do a certain way without thinking about it. Now you have to think about it and maybe do it differently. So all, all that is being creative. And I would think that using the left, your left hand, I mean, they often talk about as, you know, exercises to try to write with your non-dominant hand and that yeah. uh, it just, it triggers different areas of the brain to have to work. So it does, it does. And, um, Parting words from a therapist were, don't get too good with that left hand. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to say I have, because my right hand, I did those exercises for years and nothing happened. And, you know, I'm pretty good, but you get so frustrated and so so um, disappointed that I just give up. And I thought, let me develop the left hand as much as I can. So I have. Good. I'm, I'm pretty good with that left. Good for you. Good for you. Um, has the, with your awareness, um, of your thoughts, but just when you were recovering, I would think that you were hypervigilant in in the trying to come up with ways to do things with the help of, you know, caregivers, yeah. you know, tea and whatnot. But how did that um, new approach that you had to do on your, you know, day to day, how did that, did that kind of, um, uh, eke into how you did your writing in terms of uh, sensory details or yeah. was there, I would imagine that there would be a different way you looked at things because of what you had experienced even if you're not quote, writing about the stroke well you have to look at things differently and you have have to be open to that and also I kept hoping my right side would come back. So I didn't develop the left right away. So for a long time, I had trouble doing anything. 
like making lunch was a real project. Um, cutting the bread, making a sandwich, all that stuff. Um, and I reached some point where I got so frustrated and uh, I was so angry all the time because I couldn't do things that well that I kind of made up my mind to learn to use that left hand really well, almost as well as my right. And I have succeeded except for writing, physical mm -hmm. writing. I still have hopes that that right hand will come back enough to write someday. And I can use my left hand a limited amount of time. I can use it to write. Mm -hmm. But um, it was a process. It was slow. It was hard. It was really hard. And there were a lot of disappointments. And you can't really tell people about them because they don't get it how frustrating it is, but you just have to do it. You have to. Whereas you will uh, not be able to do anything. If you, if you could go back or give advice, sorry, uh, first question. If you could give advice to somebody who's just had a brain injury, whether it's a stroke or a concussion, what advice would you give to them? I would tell them, first of all, don't be afraid to rest. Your body needs it. It really needs it. And even though you may struggle to do this, do that, your body doesn't want to. It wants to be left alone. So, you know, for some people like me, it's really hard to rest. Like, I need to be tied down. <laughs> uh, oh, I do sit still. It's like it might be a disease or something, but um, I am always in motion. I like to. I like to be in motion. I'm usually a blur. I do things so fast. After you've had a stroke, you have to slow down. You are forced to slow down. You cannot move that fast. You just cannot. And you have to realize that your body is telling you something. And listen to it and slow down. And let yourself recover. Because otherwise you never will. You just won't. Well what I'm sorry, go ahead. You can't do what you used to do. You cannot. And don't even try in the beginning. Later on, you can try a lot of things. But in the beginning, don't beat yourself up about what you cannot do. Just let it be. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> If you could go back in time, what would you tell your pre-injured self, knowing what you know now? That's a tough one. 
I don't know if I would listen, but I would say, slow down, slow down. Don't do everything so fast. There is no need to. People will wait. They'll wait for you if they have to. And um, don't sweat everything. I mean, I took everything to heart. I took on other people's problems as my own. And at some point, you have to stop doing that. Or you'll end up like me, you'll have a stroke or something. You, you know, uh, you can't keep up that kind of pace mm -hmm. without something happening to you. And it's hard to make people realize that, especially when you feel fine and you, you say, oh, I'm happy running around. Well, you may be now, but at some point, you have to slow down or you'll be in big trouble. Can you tell us about the writing projects that you're working on or that you have just finished? Well, I've just finished writing a book. Along came a stroke. Congratulations. I'll add that Thank information you. in the link. Okay. Um, that was an interesting process. That's where I learned to really type with my left hand. I was motivated. Mm -hmm. I had to write this book, and um, I found that writing really helps. It helps you to figure out what you're really thinking, and it helps you to realize that although you've been harmed, part of your brain is still working just fine. And that's what writing did for me. It made me think, Part of me is just fine. Let me use that part as much as I can. And so even today, even though my book is published and out there, I still love to write. I really, and you know, there, there probably is another book waiting to be written, but um, I really enjoy it and uh, it helps me. It, and it's the one area where I feel confident. Did you write, uh, was, this, was this the first book? I have written short stories in the past and poetry and all kinds of stuff. So I, I've written, but I've never written a book. It's really hard. It's really hard. Well, when you talk like, about no, trying to keep the keep the um, thoughts together, you know, one thing is your brain is going fast, so you've got more thoughts than you can get out at the pace you want. But to keep all, did you have a list of, you know, like an outline in your head for what you wanted to to write about the stroke, or was it more discovery? You kind of, you know, did the background. So how was your writing process, and how was it, it different was from doing the other work writing? I've always resisted doing an outline. That's me. Some people love it. Um, I find it very constraining because maybe I want to go in another direction 
and the outline prevents you from doing that. Um, I, I'm the type who would write an outline and then ignore it and do what, what I want anyway. So, um, but I did, I was aware that the book had to have a beginning, a middle, and end. And I found the beginning part more distressing than I thought. I had to relive everything that happened to me. And, you know, um, I would like to forget it, even though it happened. I remember the details, but I have put them in a little box and put it away. And writing forces you to take it out, empty the contents and look at it again when you don't want to. So I did that. The middle part was the hardest. That's when you are learning to do things again that you used to do. And the end part was the easiest because that's more or less where you are now. So, um, I had to relive like learning to drive. And you, you don't think that's such a big deal, but it is. And I was so lucky. I had one friend who's really into cars, <laughs> really seriously into cars, who would drive me to an old naval base that's been decommissioned, but there's no one there, there are no cars, there's nothing. So I learned to drive there. Oh, wow. And you know, I, I say I learned to drive, I learned to drive again. And things that you think you've conquered, like backing up, you have to conquer all over again. So that that was hard. That was really hard. A lot of things were really hard. And I found that if you do them a lot, it gets easier. You have to force yourself, but you, you can learn them again. Mm -hmm. you, besides the physical aspect um it sounds like you know you talk about creativity that's you know we think of that in the writing dancing photography musicians kind of thing but creativity can be in anything you know food you cook problem solving problem solving is creativity so yes um, it's it nice to be able to tap that although you're using that skill slightly differently you know for uh learning to do things differently but can you talk about what else in your lifestyle changed in your trying to slow down? Well, um, now when I make a list and I still make lists, mm -hmm. um, now I figure if I get half those things done, I'm doing really well. Sometimes I have 12 things on my list and I only get four done that day. And whereas in the past, I used to say, oh, come on, oh, you can do better than that. 
come on, come on, Eileen, you can do it. Now I don't do that anymore. I think, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. It's fine. It's really fine. I've got four things done. Pray for me. <laughs> you know, um, I think I'm much kinder to myself than I used to be. I don't beat myself up anymore about things I can't do. I have an excuse now. <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to say that, but it's true. And um, But I, it's made me slow down. And I also realize when I am really tired and I should stop, before I used to just go better through that. Now I stop. Mm -hmm. I, I'm tired, I better stop. Mm -hmm. So, and I do sometimes for like an hour and then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's it for the day, I'm done. You know, and uh, I've learned to recognize that. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a little voice now that says, okay, You've done enough. Mm -hmm. Stop. And I've learned to tell people, that's it. I can't do anymore. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And they are very respectful. Mm -hmm. I have found. Good. Good. Do you have any advice that you would give to caregivers who are with somebody who's had a recent brain injury? Um... <laughs> It's so hard to be a caregiver. It's so hard. But I would say the inclination is to do everything for that person. Really to take care of them is all wonderful. It's a really wonderful instinct. But I have found that if someone does too much for you, you never learn to do it for yourself. So my, <clears throat> my caregiver, I ended up with someone really wonderful. And she learned that um, my favorite moments with her were when she forced me to do things. And she would be there to catch me if <laughs> I fell down, literally. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, you know, to say, okay, we've done enough. Um, but she would go out walking with me, force me to go shopping with her, which was terrifying at first. A store, me, <laughs> I can't go in a store, but she made me do that. She made me, and it was wonderful because I learned to not be afraid of stores and not be afraid of parking lots. All the things that you think are terrifying now will not be. They will not be. But caregivers, the more they teach you, the more, the better you'll be, the faster you'll be better. So I think if they think of themselves as part teachers mm. and not just nurses, I think you will you will really make progress. 
That's great advice. That's great advice. What's your what's going to be your next project? You said there might be another book in you, or are you busy kind of promoting the current one, so you can't think about the next one yet? Well, I'm still promoting the current one, but um, I miss writing. Mm -hmm. I think somewhere there's going to be another book, probably not about strokes. Mm -hmm. Because there's all kinds of other stuff we are all facing. So it probably will be about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, writing feels very purposeful, purposeful. And that is a great feeling. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you've been uh, left behind. Because in a lot of ways you have, but um, writing, writing is wonderful. And um, I still, the things I loved before, I still love. I love to bake. I love to garden. So I can bake. I can bake no problem. But gardening is hard. I get tired. It's more tiring. Mm -hmm. So I do less of it. So um, writing is a really wonderful thing. I think everyone should write, maybe not a book. That's really hard to do. But uh, you can write down your thoughts mm -hmm. every day. And I think that would be helpful. Thank you. I know one of my daughters gave another daughter a uh, five-year one, uh, one line a day, which is wow. like, you know, like a tweet, but you're writing it down, you know, rather than a, a, a journal that's kind of free form that you time. It's just like every day you come up with one line and she had just finished it. And her husband made some comment like, yeah, it's amazing how when you go back, you see how cyclic her writing seasonal her writing was so she must have wow. shared with her husband so um but it was cute to see to see that long hand versus all the you know all the digital tools that everybody has um is there anything else that you'd like to share i think that recovery uh people are just starting to give it i was lucky not lucky I had a brother, I have a brother who had a stroke at a very young age. He was 17, but it was because of a car accident. Ah. So maybe it was a TBI, mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, he had a stroke and had to recover from that and all kinds of other injuries. And he told me, the more you do, the more you can do. Mm. And so it's all too easy to say, oh, I can't do that, forget it. Mm -hmm. But if you practice and practice and practice, you probably will be able to do it or do it in some fashion, someday. So it's worth all that practice to try. So I would say, don't ever give up, keep practicing. And 
they're always coming up with new things. I'm going to see a neurologist on Monday um, uh, because I have new surgeries oh. that I think will help my right side. Really? So, yeah. It's like I was shocked. And the thing is, you have to keep up because they are making great strides. And medical science may be able to do more for you than you think it can. So um, keep up, keep working, do more. That, that's and rest. Kind of and still rest. rest. Still rest. Don't be afraid to rest when you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eileen. I'll put um, links for the book. And uh, definitely, you know, uh, I'd be really interested in whatever the neurologist comes up with. Oh, you know, because you hear about the the at the beginning when you have the injuries, medical's all over it, and then you kind of go into PT land and recovery land, and you maybe yes. periodic checking. But um, that's a good reminder that yeah, science is always moving ahead. So um, then, good then luck I'll... with that. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for joining me this month. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends, leave a comment, and subscribe. Until next month, take a moment and hug someone you love.